Coming to you from the City Roses, this is the broadcast by Lash Professionals and for Lash Professionals. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today, we are doing a flashback again to LashCon 2020, and we are going to have Joey Coleman. He was one of our keynote speakers and is really the authority when it comes to customer service. His book called Never Lose a Customer Again, and he's going to share really kind of the nuts and bolts of what that's all about. I still suggest you go back and buy that book. Even though you hear this, you're going to get a lot of the big picture stuff, but they get the real minutiae. You need to go buy the book, and it's actually one of the best, if not the best customer service book I've ever read, and I promise you it will change your business and give you tons and tons of ideas. So I'm excited to share this um, talk that he did at LashCon 2020, and just again, to give you a little preview of what's coming up here in just six weeks, guys, LashCon is just around the corner. And we still have tickets. We have some day one tickets, and we have still plenty of our business tickets. So you can still go on and get it. And by the way, we are going to be putting out a discount code real soon, any day. So this will be um, dropping on a Friday. I'm sure by that point, you'll start seeing discount codes from our sponsors and our speakers. So go look at their pages and see. And if not, ask them, hey, what discount code can you get? And you can save $100 off whichever ticket you want and then you can come to LashCon and save some money and by the way plane tickets are cheap right now they're really cheap so you don't even have to worry about spending a lot on airfare you probably spend a couple hundred bucks on airfare come to LashCon and have the time of your life between the socializing the networking and most importantly the information that you're going to learn that's going to help you change your business so 2022 will be the best year, right? I mean, we had two years where we've just been sucker punched, I felt like over and over, and it's time to turn this around and have a great year. And that's really what this conference is about, is setting you up, getting you reconnected and re-engaged and reinvigorated, really, for this upcoming year. You'll have so much that you can implement to use to change your business. I promise you it is well worth the money, and it will be the best money you'll spend. I mean, you'll go out and spend, many of you I know, spend two, $3,000 for trainings a year for last trainings, and you've done a bunch of them already, right? You don't need more last training. You need business training, and this is what it's all about. So come to LashCon. I promise you, you will not regret it. We've had almost, I think, between our first two years, over 600 people have attended and enjoyed both LashCons, and this year we have over 400 people coming, and we're aiming for 500 now. So you do not want to miss it. It will be the largest last gathering ever. So it's going to be really fun, guys. Can't wait to see you in November here in Pasadena, where it will be relatively still warm, I promise. All right, so the rest of the country's cooling off. I think we'll be in the 70s and 80s here. It'll be wonderful. Also, guys, we have one more class for testing that we're doing this year. It's in October. It's in Austin at Shelby with Last Boss Radio. That's going to be on October 16th and 17th. So if you want to learn how to increase your retention, get four weeks between clients for their wear and for their lash appointments, you want to take this course. We still have a few seats left. You can go link in the bio on our Instagram or in our show notes here and sign up and take that course and hang out with us and Shelby at her new place that she took, um, just gotten this last year. It's huge. It's beautiful. And we can't wait to hang out with you guys there. So you, if you want to improve and grow your business in the sense of having longer retention rates, which means you can charge more, which means you can go longer between appointments, which means you can get more clients in because you don't have to see them every two weeks. You can see them every four weeks and that will give you more stability and all that. It's a great course, guys. I promise you will want to take it. If not, we maybe will have one more, by the way, in December. That's We're working on that, but that's not set in stone yet. All right, guys, that's all the announcements I have for you today. Now let's flash back to November of 2020 at LashCon and you're going to get to hear Joey now talk about what you can do so that you never lose a customer again. It's good stuff, guys. Hello, LashCon attendees. My name is Joey Coleman and I am beyond excited to get some time with all of you today to talk about the importance of creating remarkable experiences for your customers. Now, before we dive into a discussion of how you can use remarkable experiences to keep your clients coming back for more, to grow your practice, to have even more success through the end of this year and leaning into 2021 than ever before, I want to instead talk a little bit about Amazon. If we were to go on Amazon right now and go to the category of books, and you were to type into the search window on books the word sales, 
and were to write down how many books came up that had the word sales in the title or in the description. And after recording that number, you were to erase that search and instead type in the word marketing and write down how many hits came up for the word marketing. And you were to add those two numbers together. What you would find is that just over 1.3 million books have been written on the topic of sales and marketing. Now imagine erasing those results and instead typing in the phrase customer experience, then the phrase customer service, customer loyalty, customer retention, customer satisfaction, customer success, relationship management, account management, all the words and phrases you might come up with to describe what happens after the sale is made when you start to serve your loyal customer or client. And you were to add all of those results together, you would find barely 30,000 books have been written on those topics. So what does this tell us? Well, at least in the area of books, it tells us that 43 books have to be written about how to get a customer before one book is written about how to keep a customer. And see, I think that's a fundamental problem. It's a fundamental flaw with how we do business in our society today. We spend so much time thinking about how do we get customers instead of spending time, effort, and resources on retaining our customers that we miss tremendous opportunities to grow our businesses. See, every business on the planet, and lash artists, lash professionals, salon owners, we're no exception, we all have the same problem. And that problem is we have human beings as customers. See, brain science tells us when we make a purchase, when we sign up for a product, our brain floods with dopamine. We feel joy, euphoria, and excitement. This is the product that's going to be the answer to our prayers. This is the service that is going to help us achieve our wildest goals. These are the eyelashes that are going to make us feel beautiful. This is the lash artist who's going to help us feeling confident and excited and energized as we go about our daily life knowing that our eyes look wonderful. But there's a problem. And the problem is almost as quickly as that dopamine floods our brain, it begins to recede. And as it recedes, the clock ticks faster and faster. And those feelings of joy, euphoria, and excitement that we had been feeling in the beginning are replaced by feelings of fear and doubt and uncertainty. What if this doesn't work out the way I had hoped it would work out? What if the eyelashes fall off and they aren't as good as I hoped they were going to be going into this? What if I don't feel more beautiful, more confident? What if I get an infection from working with this lash artist as opposed to the one that I used to work with? All of the fears and the doubts and the worries come rushing back into our life. In common parlance, we refer to this as buyer's remorse. And if I were to ask all of you, have you heard of the phrase buyer's remorse? A significant percentage of you would raise your hand and say, yes, Joey, I have. But if I were to ask you, do you have a system and a process in your business designed to address the buyer's remorse that we know scientifically your clients are going to feel? Most of you wouldn't raise your hand, that you don't have anything like that in place. This is absolutely devastating to businesses. The effect, the impact that this has on our operations is staggering. When I was writing my book, Never Lose a Customer Again, I looked at industries around the world, product and service businesses, online and offline businesses, business that operated domestically in the United States, businesses that operated internationally, small, medium, and large businesses. And what we found looking across all businesses in every industry you could imagine was that somewhere between 20 and 70% of new customers will decide to stop doing business with you before the 100-day anniversary of becoming a new customer. 20 to 70%, these numbers were staggering to me. In the banking industry, it's 32%. In the software industry, it's 20%. In the auto mechanic industry, it was 68%. In the restaurant industry, it was somewhere between 40 and 70%, depending on the type of restaurant, the type of cuisine. I found these numbers to be absolutely terrifying, and I was shocked at how many businesses weren't paying attention to these numbers in terms of their own operations. But what was scarier than that was the number of business owners that I met that had no idea what their percentage was. They had no idea what percentage of their customers had already decided to stop doing business, had already decided to not come back for another visit or another order. They had left the relationship 
and they just hadn't told the business or the business owner that they had made that decision. This is the biggest threat facing businesses and entrepreneurs today. The customers who said they want to do in business with you, but have decided to stop doing business with you, and you're not even aware of it. This is hugely impactful for a number of reasons. Number one, we miss the opportunity to have these customers spend more money with us. We barely, if at all, had the opportunity to recoup our marketing costs, and we're not going to get any future orders or future sales from them. Number two, we miss the opportunity to increase our share of wallet. See, every customer you do business with has an amount of money that they've allocated towards beauty or their image or their wellness or their personal care. And when you don't continue to do business with them, you miss the opportunity to grow the share of wallet that you have from them with additional product or service offerings you may have. But most importantly, you miss the opportunity for referrals. See, as a general rule, as humans, we don't make a referral the first time we do business with someone. We've got to see how it goes. We've got to see how this worked out. Did the experience match up to the marketing? Did the reality match up to the hype? Did the steak meet the sizzle? See, we're not going to make a referral early in a relationship. We're going to make a referral later after we're sure that things are going to work out because we don't want to put our personal social capital, our reputation amongst our peers, our friends, our family members on the line to recommend a service or a product or a provider that isn't going to deliver again and again. So when we lose our customers early in the relationship, we miss the opportunity for referrals. And I don't know all of you, but if you're like all the business owners I've met around the world, I doubt you would say to me, Joey, I'm all good on referrals. I don't need any more referrals. Every business owner I've ever met wants more referrals. They wanna grow their business with raving fans, but they don't have them because they're not keeping their customers and their clients around long enough. I would like to help you change that. Let me ask this question. How big would your business be if between now and the end of the year, everyone who had ever gotten lashes from you before came back for another visit? Twice as big? Three times as big? What would your revenues be between now and the end of the year if you just did business with the people you already know? Not new customers, not people you find, not that you prospect for, but people who you already have had a relationship with in the past. Every time I ask this question of audiences around the world in a variety of different industries, I hear audible gasps because they know that number would be twice as big, three times as big, five times as big if they just could keep doing business with the people they've already done business with in the past. It's all about the first 100 days of the relationship. If you get the first 100 days of the relationship right, you can have a long-term, ongoing, sustainable business and relationship with your customers. See, there is a solution. There's a solution to this problem of customers leaving. And that solution lies in this, the typical customer journey. So you've probably seen a graphic like this in a business book that you've read or in a presentation you've seen where somebody described the journey that a customer would make from first becoming aware that they have a problem that they think you can help them with. They get the knowledge that they believe you might be able to provide a solution. They compare you to the competition. They consider you. And eventually they decide to become a customer. They sign up, they purchase your product, your service offering, and they start to experience what it's like to do business with you. See, most businesses spend their time focused on the left side of this graph. How do we fill the funnel? How do we prospect? How do we market? How do we sell? How do we get new customers? Instead of spending their time on the right side of this graphic, how do we continue to build relationships with the people who have already agreed to become our customers? How do we continue to do business with them and deepen the connection we have with them so that we can build a long-term relationship? The results of this type of focus in your business are absolutely incredible. If you pay attention to the first 100 days, you will have customers that keep coming back for more. But don't just take my word for it. Research out of Harvard Business School, Stanford Business School, and Frederick Reichel, the gentleman who came up with the concept of net promoter score that some of you may have heard about or may even track in your own business, show that across a wide range of industries, an improvement of just 5% in your customer retention will result in a 25 to 100% increase in profits. 
Folks, this isn't just good for how you feel about your business and that age-old customer experience theory of, well, just hug your customers, love on your customers, take care of them. This is good for your bottom line as well because it will increase the amount of profit that you are making in your business. See, I believe there are six tools you can use to communicate with your customers. These are the six tools that you have the potential to use. And with your permission, I'd love to give you an overview of each of the tools. And as I go through this overview, I'd like you to think about which of these tools are you using the most and which of these tools might you not be using at all in your current business operations. The first one is in-person interactions. Now I recognize in this COVID era that in-person interactions have been changed dramatically. And I also recognize that when it comes to actually being a lash artist, being a lash professional, that the in-person interaction is really important. But let me ask this, before COVID-19 and since COVID-19, are you capitalizing on those in-person interactions? Are you making the most of the time where you are in front of your customer, having one-on-one -on -one interactions with them? Or are you seeing this as a necessary part of the business where you're just delivering on the service and giving them their product and kind of moving to the next appointment? See, I think most business owners miss the opportunity to really make the most of those in-person interactions. And if there's anything that the COVID-19 experience has taught all of us is how much we might've been taking those in-person interactions in our life for granted. And what can we do to make those in-person interactions better now that many, if not most of your salons and your spaces are opened up that are allowing you to be in front of customers again? How will you continue to make those in-person interactions even better going forward? The next tool is email. By a show of hands and raise your hand, I know I can't see you, but play along. How many of you wish you were getting more emails? My gut instinct is none of the hands went up. And yet this is the number one tool that most businesses use to communicate with their customers. See, the reality is we are overwhelmed by emails. And yet as business owners, we think, well, if I just send them an email asking them to come back or a discount to a future session with me, that'll be the way to grow my business and connect. Friends, I want you to send the kind of emails that get opened, read, and acted on, not emails that just continue to clog an inbox. Next, we have mail physical mail, snail mail, the OG, the original inbox. It used to be that the mailbox was filled with 20, 30, 40 pieces of mail every day, every day. Catalogs, postcards, sales sheets, sales letters, all kinds of communications. I don't know about you, but in recent years when I go to the mailbox, sometimes I go two or three days without a piece of mail. And when I do get a piece of mail, it's an invoice and I'm not excited to receive it. Every one of your customers has a physical mailbox. Are you using that mailbox to communicate with them? Whether it's a handwritten thank you note, a small postcard, some type of a message that lets that customer know that they're important to you. How can you use mail to stand out in your communications with your customers? Next, we have phone. Now, what's interesting is most people use their phone as a device to surf the net or check out social media. But there's this little button on the phone that actually will allow you to talk to your customer. Now, I realize a lot of you actually do have conversations with your customers, but are you sending text messages to your customers? Are you communicating using the phone where you're actually talking with them and not just talking with them about their next appointment, but talking with them in ways that deepen and build the relationship? Next, we have videos. Now, what's interesting is we're at a unique time in human history where most individuals receive videos on their phone or in their email from friends or family or loved ones. But when they get a video on their phone, it's a personal video that someone shot and sent to them. When they get a video in the email, it's usually a business email, and they may or may not watch that video. Are you using video to capitalize on communications with your existing customers? When was the last time you shot a selfie video and sent it to one of your customers just to let them know you were thinking of them? Not to ask them to come back for another appointment, not to check in necessarily on how they're feeling after their last visit, but just to let them know that you were thinking of them and wondering how they were doing. Video is an incredibly powerful tool that will allow you to connect with your customer in a way that you don't need to be in front of them, but it makes an almost in-person type interaction happen, at least in terms of how they feel about the interaction. And last but not least, presence. 
Oh, and by the way, if you're giving your customers or your clients something that has your logo on it, friends, with all due respect, that's not a present. It's a marketing tool. I understand why you do it. I'm not opposed to you doing it. But when I'm talking about presents, I'm talking about thoughtful gifts that let your customer know that you were paying attention when they shared something or when you saw something. A meaningful gift that lets you feel a moment of connection with another person. If I were to ask you to make a list of all the great presents you've received in your life, and then we were to assign a dollar value to those presents, the majority of them would be under $20. It's not about how much you spend on the present. It's about how much thoughtfulness goes into the present that you decide to give. So these are the six tools that you can use to create a better customer journey. I want you to use these tools to enhance the interactions you're having with your customers all throughout the journey. But in order to do that, we need to take this version of the customer journey and eliminate it from your thinking. I want to replace it with this version of the customer journey. Because I believe that there are eight steps to the customer journey. And with your permission, I'd like, you to, I'd like to walk you through each of those eight steps so that we can see where all of your existing customers are in their current relationship with you and what we might need to do to move them to the next phase of the relationship. The first phase is the assess phase, when a prospective customer is trying to decide whether or not they want to do business with you. They may be talking to their friends, getting recommendations and referrals. They might be going on your website. They might be having some conversations. They're trying to decide who they want to hire to be responsible for taking care of their lashes. They then move to the admit phase, where they sign on the dotted line, they hand over their hard-earned cash, they transition from being a prospective customer to being an actual customer. But almost immediately after they do that, they go into the affirm stage, that buyer's remorse that I mentioned earlier, where they begin to doubt the decision that they just made to do business with you. We then come to the activate stage. This is that first real moment of truth, the first time they come to get lashes from you. What are you doing to make that experience so special, so remarkable, so energized that they realize that doing business with you is going to be unlike any business experience they've ever had? We then come to the acclimate phase. And as a tip, this is where most entrepreneurs, most salon owners, most beauty professionals start to lose traction. In the acclimate phase, we have to acclimate our customer to our way of doing business. See, there's an ongoing relationship that you want, but to someone who's never done business with you before, they don't know how often they should be coming back to see you. Now, you might tell them, hey, this is when I need you to come back to either replace or do a touch-up or whatever it may be necessary to keep them looking their best. But if we're not holding their hand as they walk through this process, we have no hope of getting them down the line to the next phase, the accomplish phase, when the customer achieves the goal they had when they originally decided to do business with you. See, every customer has a goal they're trying to accomplish. Now, we might think that that goal is they just want new eyelashes but it's actually much deeper than that. It's a goal about how this will make them feel, how this will make them look, the end result. Maybe it makes them attractive enough to find the partner of their dreams. Maybe it makes them feel the confidence that they can go into the workplace environment and feel more confident about what they do because they're more confident about how they look. But the moral of the story is the thing they're trying to accomplish usually isn't accomplished just because they got new eyelashes, just because you delivered on your service. It's an ongoing relationship, a deeper relationship where they finally start to see the end results they were looking for. If you're not paying attention to what those end results are and tracking your customer's progress towards those and checking in to make sure they accomplish them and then celebrating that accomplishment with them, they're not going to do it on their own. And that means we miss the opportunity to move them to the next phase, the adopt phase, where our customers and clients become loyal to us and only us. They're not going to look around to another professional to take care of their eyelashes or their beauty. They're committed to you and only you. And if, and only if we've moved them through these seven phases, do we have the right to bring them to the last phase, the advocate phase, where they become our raving fans, singing our praises far and wide, referring their friends and family alike to do business with us. See, these are the eight phases of the customer journey as I see it. And if we do it right, we get the opportunity to rinse and repeat. We do it again and again. As we roll out new products, new service offerings, we walk them through the cycle again. 
It's my belief that most businesses wish they had a lot more customers in the adopt and advocate phase. The problem is they're trying to jump them right from the admit phase straight to being adopters and straight to being advocates. When the reality is we have to navigate them through the entire journey. Now that you have an understanding of what the eight steps in the customer journey are, I'd love to give you an example of a company that is absolutely world-class at creating a remarkable experience in each of these eight phases. Now, I will tell you that these are pulled not from the world of beauty, but from all industries. And the reason I did that is because there's a great opportunity for all of us to learn from businesses that aren't in our industry. Because I don't want you to compare yourself to the other lash professionals. I want you to compare yourself to the best businesses in the world in terms of creating remarkable experiences, because that's who your customers are comparing you to. They're not necessarily comparing you to other eyelash professionals. They're comparing you to Amazon and Netflix and Disney and their favorite restaurant and the place they go to get coffee that knows them by name and treats them well. I want to help you stand out amongst all the experiences they've had by showcasing you some examples of ways to use those six tools we talked about to create remarkable interactions. The first phase is the assess phase. As a reminder, this was a, is when a prospect is trying to decide whether or not to do business with you. Now, what's interesting is we all think we stand out in the crowd. We're unique. We're different. But the reality is to the bulk of our customers, they feel overwhelmed by the number of choices. They see a lot of lash professionals out there who frankly seem to be offering the same product and the same service at slightly different pricings in slightly different models, but it all kind of blurs together in the same way that someone at a store might see this display and think, I'm just going to grab one of them that looks familiar or comfortable and move on to my weekend. What can you do to stand out in the assess phase when a prospective customer is trying to decide whether or not they want to do business with you? There's a company called The Wealth Factory that helps entrepreneurs keep their money. Entrepreneurs really good at making money, not so good at keeping money. And so The Wealth Factory helps them to figure out investment vehicles, manage their risk profile, look at the various insurances that they have to make sure that they're well taken care of and they're maximizing the number of dollars they can keep in their business. The way they do this is on day zero, before you've become a customer, so before day one, they bring all of their prospective customers together for an in-person three-day workshop. Now, a few years ago, I had the opportunity to attend one of their workshops. And as I walked in at nine o'clock in the morning, I was met by the CEO of the company and he had a present for me. And that present was this, a six pack of root beer. Now, here's the interesting thing, folks. If you know me and know me well, you know that I drink two things, water and root beer. I know I'm weird like that, but we're 20 minutes into this presentation. You already know that I'm weird. And I was surprised by this because this business that I had never done business with already knew me and knew me personally and proved that they knew me personally by giving me this root beer. I asked the CEO, explain to me why you're giving me this gift. He said, Joey, our job is to know your hopes, your dreams, your fears, what you're trying to accomplish in this life, how we can help you keep as much money as we can so that you can go on the vacations you want to go in, live in the house you want to live in, send your kids to the schools you want to send them to, that you can afford everything that you want to afford and that your finances are well taken care of and provided for. And as part of knowing what makes you tick and what your dreams are, we have to know what you like and what you don't like. And when we found out that you like root beer, we thought we'd get you some so that you could enjoy your time here with us. I said to the CEO, where do I sign up for the program? He said, Joey, the program hasn't even started. It's three days long. I said, I understand that. But if this is a preview of the experience of what it's going to be like to be a customer, sign me up. What can you do to create the kind of experience for a prospective customer that foreshadows or gives them a preview of what it's going to be like once you've done your magic. We next move to the admit phase, where our customers sign on the dotted line. They hand over their hard-earned cash. They transition from being a prospect to being a full-time customer for the first time. There's a company called Zogix that makes gym wipes. Have you ever been to the gym or spa or workout facility and seen the bench with the residue of the human who worked out before you? Gym wipes are an antiseptic, environmentally friendly solution that allows you to wipe off that sweat so there isn't an involuntary DNA transfer. 
And Zajik sells their products to other gym owners and spa owners around the world using an e-commerce site. Now, what's interesting is on day one, when you become a customer of Zajik's, you go to their website and you buy some gym wipes, and then they send you a confirmation email. Now, most online businesses send a confirmation email of your order, but Zajik's is a little bit different because they also send you a video. The email looks like this. It says, thank you, and then your name, personalized to you. And it shows a picture of a Zajix employee holding a clipboard with your name on it and a button that encourages you to start watching. If you click on that button, here's the video you'll see. Hey, Daniel, Laura from Zajix here. I just wanted to take a minute to thank you for your order and let you know that we're here to help with anything that you may need. We love to see our products in action, so please feel free to upload a photo or video to social media using the hashtag ZogixLove. Thanks again for your wipe and dispenser order. We hope to hear from you soon. Now, what I love about that video is Laura kind of giggles a little bit at the end because she realizes she's just made a video for gym wipes. But the reality is when receiving that video as a brand new customer, a customer feels appreciated. They feel connected to, they feel like they matter. They feel like there's actually someone on the other side of the business. What are we doing to celebrate the decision that someone has made to work with us? What are we doing to let them know how excited we are to be beginning this relationship and working with them? When somebody originally calls in and schedules an appointment with you and they decide for the first time they're going to have you work on their eyelashes, do you let them know how excited you are? that the relationship has begun and that you're going to work together? Or do they just get some type of an automated response that says, we're just confirming your appointment for next Tuesday at 4 p.m.? What can we do to make those little interactions special, those required pieces of our business more remarkable? The next phase is the affirm phase, that buyer's remorse and doubt that we talked about earlier, that every brand new customer feels between the time they make the decision to work with us and when they start to see whether their decision was the right decision to make. There's a company called Total Debt Freedom based in Canada that helps people who've gotten into debt get out of debt. The way they do this is they consolidate loans. So credit card loans, school loans, car loans, they consolidate it all into a low monthly payment. So people who have accrued a lot of debt from a variety of different sources can get out of their debt and get it resolved more effectively and more efficiently. Now, what happens in their business is you sign up to be part of their program. And on day two, you get a message via phone. It's a text that includes a video. Now, before I show you this video, I need to explain who the players on the video are. Danae is the customer who has just signed up for the Total Debt Freedom Program. Bryce is the salesperson who sold Danae on the program yesterday and is now going to be handing Danae, this new customer, off to Joel, the account rep who will be responsible for managing the relationship going forward. Here's the video that Danae received from Bryce. Hey, Danae, how are you, buddy? My name's Bryce. I'm the guy that's been taking care of you for the last two weeks, signed you up in our debt settlement program here. Uh, I've got Joel here beside me. He's been doing this. He's going to be your client care up. He's been doing this for about seven years now, and he's going to be taking care of you for the whole four years or less. You save your money, we'll get you out of debt sooner, buddy. Joel, what's your digits? It's 1-866-833-1992, extension 817. Email is joel, J-O-E-L, at toll.freedom.ca. I'll reach you out anytime soon, so therefore, just give me a call. Right behind us here, Danae, you see we've got a Raven fan wall, lots of signatures. Hopefully one day you can get in here and sign the wall as well. Take care, buddy, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Now, what I love about this video is, first of all, you've got two guys, and I say this respectfully, who are not professional actors, but they're sincere. They're connecting in a way with this new customer that lets the customer know that a handoff is being made and that this person is going to be well taken care of. How do they do that? Well, they point out the fact that Joel has been with the company for seven years. This is somebody who's incredibly well qualified. They've got the experience. They're going to take great care of this new customer. What are we going to do? Well, we're going to be working with you for four years or less. The implication in that message is that this is a long-term relationship, that if your goal is to get out out of debt, we might help you achieve your goal faster. What is the relationship length that you're setting the expectation with, with your customers slash professionals? When you think of the people that you're working with, do they have a vision of how long they're going to be a client of yours? Or is it just a one and done transaction? 
We also remind them what their goal is, to get out of debt. That's why we're doing this business together. And we pre-frame them of what the relationship is going to be like, that you're going to love working with Total Debt Freedom so much that you're going to drive from wherever you are in Canada to the Total Debt Freedom offices to sign the raving fan wall. See, they pre-frame that every new customer from the beginning of the relationship is going to become a raving fan, singing their praises far and wide. What are you doing to affirm the decision that your clients made to work with you? What are you doing to let them know that you want to be in a long-term relationship with them and that the goal, the standard you're going to hold yourself to is making them into a raving fan of you and your work? We then come to the activate phase. And as a reminder, the activate phase is where we energize the relationship. I want this beginning part of the relationship to be so filled with excitement and energy and enthusiasm that your new customer says, I can't believe that I'm so lucky to have the opportunity to have my lashes done by this amazing professional. There's a restaurant in Canada called Barro. It's in Toronto. And Barro Restaurant is somewhat famous in the Toronto community for how quickly it came on the scene and became incredibly successful. In their first year as a restaurant, they did over $10 million in revenue. Folks, it takes more than good food to get that many people to come back to a restaurant again and again. And a significant percentage of their patrons are people who come back again and again and bring their friends and their coworkers and their colleagues. And part of the reason they do that is because the experience of coming is so unique. On day 14, so you make a reservation on day one, and at the time that they opened, it was about a 14-day wait before you could get in for a reservation. You come to the restaurant. You check into the restaurant. They take you to your table. And then what proceeds to happen is a unique, remarkable in-person interaction. While you're sitting at your table, staff members come back and say, it's great to have you back with us again if you've been there before. Or if you're first time visiting the restaurant, the busboy, the waiter, everybody in the restaurant is coming by and saying, oh, we're so excited that you decided to give Barrow a try. They seem to know your relationship with the restaurant without even talking to you. And there's a reason for that. Because see, at Barrow, they have two different colors of menus, green and blue. If it's your first time visiting the restaurant, you get a green menu. If you've been to the restaurant before, you get a blue menu. And the hostess gives you these menus when you're seated. So then throughout the rest of the time while you're having your menus, everybody who's serving you knows whether you've been there before or not. See, much like the old TV show Cheers, we all want to go to a place where everybody knows our name. But if the staff doesn't know your name, but if they at least act like they recognize you or they remember you, it changes your experience. What are you doing to set the relationship up right that your brand new customer feels connected to? They feel appreciated. And if they're coming back to you again, they feel that they're picking up where they left off last time as opposed to being treated like a newbie once again. We then come to the acclimate phase. As a reminder, the acclimate phase is where we need to teach the customer our way of doing business. It's kind of like acclimating at altitude. The first time you go to a higher altitude, you might get a headache. You might get altitude sickness. You might be short of breath. It doesn't feel safe. It doesn't feel familiar. It doesn't feel comfortable. And your customers are the same way. They don't know what doing business with you is going to be like. And now they're trying to navigate this new relationship. They're not sure when they should reschedule a visit. They're not even sure how that works. What are you doing to hold their hand and show them the steps in the process? There's a company called Policy Medical that makes software that helps hospitals manage their HR policies. Now, I know, restrain yourself, ladies and gentlemen. I know you're super excited. You're like, wait, software for hospital policy records management? Joey, why did you save the sexy example to this far into the presentation? Look, I get it. This isn't very sexy. But the reason I shared the policy medical story is because if a hospital policy records management software can be interesting, can be unique, can be remarkable, can be special, you have no excuse. If they can do it, you can too. So what happens at Policy Medical? After you sign up to become a customer of Policy Medical, on day 15, you receive a package in the mail. 
And that package includes these 20 little cards. They're about the size of a business card, and it's got a colorful image on the front. And when you flip it over on the back, it details the 19 steps of the software implementation that your hospital is going to go through, with the 20th step being congratulations, you're done. It also includes a picture frame. So as you complete each step in the process, you put the little cards into the picture frame. And when you're done, you have this mosaic of all the steps you went through to implement the software solution. Now I get it. Some of you are sitting watching this saying, Joey, this sounds ridiculous. But with all due respect, friends, you don't work in hospital policy records management. See, when we create things for our customers, we need to know what matters to them and how they think and how they operate. Here's the thing. Hospital policy records management people, as a general rule, work in HR. They feel overworked and underappreciated. They don't like a lot about technology, but they've just been told by their boss that they're going to oversee this multi-million dollar software implementation. Their job's on the line. They have no idea what comes next. They have no idea what to do. And they're looking for something simple and easy and straightforward to walk them through the process. No one gets excited about a spreadsheet. But getting excited about a puzzle, that's a little bit easier to do. And folks who work in HR policy records management, as a general rule, work in a cubicle. And so they're looking for pieces of flair to decorate their cubicle. So when a colleague or a coworker is walking by, they see something and they'll stop and talk to them. Folks, that's why they work in HR. They like people. So what we did is we created something that was designed to serve their desires, their wants, their needs, and help them acclimate to doing the business of a software implementation, which is something that they really weren't that excited to do. It also makes the implementation go faster. So how does this apply in your business? Well, let's stop and think about when we want someone to reschedule their next visit with us. If we leave it up to the customer or client, who knows whether they'll do it? But if we give them some way to track this, some way to measure it, some way to know when they should come in next, it puts a little more control in their hands and it puts a little more onus or responsibility on them to keep the relationship going. And it allows us to connect in a completely different way. We then come to the accomplish phase. As a reminder, the accomplish phase is when your customer achieves the goal they had when they originally decided to do business with you. See, every prospective customer has a goal. The question is, do you know what their goal is and are you tracking their progress towards that goal so that when they cross the finish line, you can celebrate with them? There's a company called Ongoing Operation that does disaster recovery management. What this means is they work with banks and credit unions to set up an off-site location where if there's a natural disaster or some type of a crisis that employees can't go to the typical bank or credit union, they can go to this off-site location and still run their business as normal. Now, to get this all set up takes about 60 days. It's a big project. They've got to figure out all kinds of things around phone lines and computers and software and everything they need to be able to mirror this location at an off-site facility. And after going through this huge process on day 60, they finally get notified that there's a green light, that they're okay. They're going to be protected in the event of some type of a disaster scenario. So what does ongoing operations do? Well, they send a little package in the mail and that package is a present. And that present is this, the ongoing operations cake. No, I'm not kidding. It's an actual cake with the ongoing operations logo on it and a note that says, wasn't that process a piece of cake? No, I understand that it wasn't a piece of cake, but the good news is you did it. You accomplished the goal. Congratulations. It also includes balloons, so they celebrate it, and some soft drinks and some adult drinks for them to celebrate and party. Because see, friends, if you're not celebrating with your customers when they achieve their goal, they'll probably forget to celebrate on their own. So how does this apply to a lash professional? No, I'm not suggesting you send them a cake once they've gotten their third visit with you. What I am suggesting is that if you find out what it is that is driving their decision to work with you. Maybe they want to get their eyelashes done because they're going to be a bridesmaid in a wedding in two months, or they're hoping to get a new job and they want to look their best in the interview. See, if you track what they're trying to achieve and then check in with them in the future 
and find that they did achieve that goal. And then you acknowledge and celebrate that goal. You move from being somebody that is a transactional beauty professional to someone that is an image partner, someone that is a partner with them in creating the best possible image of themselves to achieve the goals that they have. We then come to the adopt phase. As a reminder, the adopt phase is when your customer becomes loyal to you and only you. They're not going to go to any other salon or any other lash artist. They are committed to an ongoing relationship with you that they will proudly and publicly state. There's a company called Giftology that specializes in strategic appreciation, letting your top customers know just how much you value them. They work with a lot of professional sports teams, including the Chicago Cubs. Now, one day, the CEO of Giftology was on the phone with a representative from the Chicago Cubs talking about creating some type of a memento or a recognition for their season ticket holders, their top sponsors, their box seat people, their very best customers. And in the conversation, the representative from the Cubs happened to mention in passing that they were going to be remodeling the locker rooms at the storied Wrigley Field. What are you going to do with all of the wood, said the CEO of Giftology. Well, we're not sure, said the representative from the Cubs. He said, we'll probably throw it away. He said, don't do that. Put it on a truck and send it to me. Some 300 days later, all of the top season ticket holders, all of the major sponsors, and the owners of the Chicago Cubs received a package in the mail. That package was a surprise, and it was a present. And it was this a Bluetooth speaker with the Chicago Cubs logo on it, made from the wood that had previously been the lockers and benches in the players' locker rooms at Wrigley Field. This was an amazing gift. This was a piece of history, a piece of nostalgia. The recipients were blown away, not only by the thoughtful gesture, but by the uniqueness of this gift they had received. Two weeks later, the billionaire owners of the Chicago Cubs called the folks at Giftology and said, look, we've had such a positive response to this. We've got some friends and family members that would love to have speakers as well. Can you send us a few more? The CEO of Giftology said, I'd love to, but we used all the wood. Friends, if a billionaire likes your present, your gifting game is strong. You've done a great job. So what can we do to acknowledge our very best customers? What are the little thoughtful gestures and gifts that we could give to them that let them know how much we appreciate them? Now, I'm not suggesting you create a Bluetooth speaker and send it to them. What I am suggesting is that there may be little moments of magic that you can create by giving them something that connects with them on a deep emotional level, on a personal level, that lets them know how much you strategically appreciate the relationship you have with them as a client. Last but not least, we come to the advocate phase, that phase that we're all trying to get to where our customers are raving fans, singing our praises far and wide. There's an event called Mastermind Talks that happens every year. And I want to tell you a little bit about this event. They bring speakers from around the world to talk to an audience made up of 100 entrepreneurs. Now, a couple of things you need to know about this event. First, to attend the three-day event, is a $10,000 ticket, so the stakes are very high. Second, they have a waiting list of over 14,000 people that want to attend their event. And the big challenge they have is how to decide who gets to come in off the waiting list, because the third thing you need to know is every year, 50 of the seats are reserved for returning clients, returning attendees, and 50 of the seats are reserved for new attendees coming for the very first time. So what do they do? How do they figure out who gets off the list and gets to come the next year? Well, we worked with them to come up with a golden referral ticket. And the idea behind this was all the attendees got a golden referral ticket that they could give to someone else that they thought would be a good fit to attend the following year. Now, it didn't guarantee that their person got in, but it did guarantee that they moved to the top of the waiting list for consideration. Some 365 days later, while they had everybody gathered for the next year's event in person, the CEO rolled out a giant tumbler. Think of a bingo tumbler with little ping pong balls, but instead of having numbers written on it, written on these ping pong balls were the names of everyone who'd made a referral and everyone who was a referee. 
they begin to spin the tumbler and pull out ping pong balls and read off the names and award prizes, incredible prizes. A hike in the mountains of Vancouver with the founder of Lululemon. A behind the scenes tour of Airbnb with the founders. These were the kind of prizes that entrepreneurs would love, things that they couldn't get for themselves, things that they were excited to do and excited to tell everyone about. And then they announced the grand prize an all-expenses-paid 10-day safari to Africa with Sir Richard Branson. Oh, and by the way, Sir Richard Branson was going to come with you because it was his private game reserve. The crowd went bonkers as they drew not one name, but two names out of the tumbler and called the two names forward. The two gentlemen came to the front of the room and the CEO of MMT said, friends, I've got good news and bad news. The good news is there's an all-expenses-paid safari to Africa with Sir Richard Branson. The bad news is there's only one, and we're going to have a push-up contest to decide who gets to go. Now, in the typical audience, this would have been a horrible idea. But in a room of type A, hard-charging entrepreneurs, this was brilliant. The crowd went wild, 20 push-ups, 30, 40, 50, until finally someone won the safari. Two fascinating things happened the following year. Number one, everyone made a referral. And number two, gym memberships went through the roof. We have no idea why, but nonetheless, they did. So what are you doing to acknowledge the people that make referrals to you in such a way that they are excited, that they have an experience, that they can't help but refer more business to you because you've acknowledged these referrals so beautifully and so significantly? These are the eight phases of the potential customer journey. And I've given you examples of how different companies have used the six tools to create remarkable experiences throughout that journey so that the first 100 days are absolutely incredible. The question now becomes is what is your first 100 days solution going to be? What are you going to do to create the kind of remarkable interactions for your customers that keep them coming back for more? Because friends, if you don't prioritize your customers, someone else will. And if you doubt the validity of that statement, I ask you to just consider how many people you currently take care of who used to have their lashes done by a different artist or a different professional than you. Because that person didn't prioritize them, but you are. And I also ask you to consider how many of your existing clients are considering going to someone else because they haven't felt prioritized. I'd like to suggest that there are three things you can do that you can implement immediately after LashCon to make the experience that your clients and customers are having even better. I give you a quick overview of three action steps you can take. The first one, try to have a better understanding of your customer on an individual level. What do I mean by that? Well, when I was a kid growing up, I had a little sister and she had a diary. And in this diary, she would write what was going on. Now, I'm not too proud to admit this, but the diary had a lock and I was a kid who figured out how to pick locks so I could get inside the diary. And here's what I found. Nothing that exciting, to be honest. But every one of your customers, if you're willing to spend some time trying to understand them, you have the ability to unlock and see inside things that are interesting. What makes them want to have their lashes done by you? How do they feel about themselves? What are their goals? What are their hopes? What are their fears? What are their dreams? In preparing for this conversation we're having today, I took the opportunity to interview a number of people who had had their lashes done professionally. And there are a couple of interesting common themes I found. As a general rule, as you might imagine, I was talking to women. And there was a balance between women who felt that it was something that they would spend money on for themselves and this slight feeling that they were maybe overindulging and that their husbands or their partners or their significant others felt that this might be spending too much. But the reality is when I asked them, why do you do it? The answers were amazing. I feel better about myself. I feel stronger. I feel more vibrant. I feel more energetic. I feel more beautiful. I feel more confident. See, it wasn't about the eyelashes. It was about how the eyelashes made them feel. It was about how spending a little bit of time and effort and money on themselves changed their vision of themselves while at the same time changing the vision that other people had of them. See, here's my question. Do you truly understand 
the motivations behind each and every one of your customers. Now, the majority of you are dealing with a small enough customer set that you actually could know each individual customer and what drives them. You know, for a company like Amazon, it's really difficult to know what everybody who bought a book on Amazon, what was really driving them. But in a service-based business like yours, you can know those things. Are you trying to understand them? Are you writing them down? Are you paying attention to this so you can deepen the relationship over time? The next observation I would have for you or the next suggestion I have for you is to observe your customers and by observing them to learn more about them, to help you understand who they are. Let me tell you a quick story, if I may. Years ago, I was on the road giving a speech, and I had the opportunity to stay at the Mandarin Oriental in Las Vegas. And I'd been on the road for about two weeks at this point, and to be honest, I was sick. I developed a cold, and I wasn't feeling that great. And so at the airport on my way to Las Vegas, I had purchased a bottle of cough medicine. I had drank it. I had put the lid back on, thrown it back in my bag, and headed to the hotel. And when I arrived at the hotel, I had about 20 minutes before the kickoff dinner with the client and all the attendees of the event. And I went to my hotel room. I opened my bag to find that while the hotel setting was beautiful, what was in my bag was not. See, I had not tightly put the lid on the bottle of cough syrup. And there was pink sticky ooze throughout my shaving kit, on my toothbrush, on my brush, on my razor, on my shaving cream, on my deodorant, all throughout the bag. It was miserable. I was sick. I was on the road. I wasn't feeling good. I was feeling down. I was feeling ill. And now I've got this huge mess to clean up. I didn't have enough time to clean it before I left to go down to dinner. And I just thought, you know, I'll leave this and I'll deal with it when I come back later. And as I turned to walk out of the room and head down to dinner, I thought to myself, you know, I'm going to take a picture of this. Why? Well, because I'm weird. We already talked about this earlier, but because I'm a customer experience guy. And I had heard that the experience at the Mandarin Oriental was world class. And I wondered what they might do with this situation. I returned from the dinner about two hours later, and when I returned, I found this. The bottle had been cleaned. My brush, my deodorant, my toothbrush, my razor, my shaving cream, all the items that had been in my bag that had been covered in this sticky pink ooze had been cleaned off and were laid out on a white, pristine towel to dry. It was amazing. But what was more amazing is there was a little piece of paper underneath the bottle of cough syrup. And when I pulled the piece of paper up and looked at it, I found this. I hope you're feeling better, Mr. Coleman. Kelly. Now, here's the great thing about this magical moment, this personal moment of connection with Kelly on the housekeeping staff at the Mandarin Oriental Las Vegas. No one told her to write that note. No one told her that it would make me feel better. No one told her the way we're going to get Joey to talk about the Mandarin Oriental in the future or come back and do more business with him in the future is a personal handwritten thank you note or a little thoughtful note that lets us know we care. But the reality is that's the impact it had because Kelly observed something and decided to do something special and meaningful because of what she observed. So here's my question to you. How often do you observe that your clients are going through something? They maybe seem a little frazzled. They tell you that they're worried about something. They just don't seem themselves. Or maybe you go to their house to do a visit and you're actually walking into the house and you notice something that looks different than the time before. How much are you using your observations to create connection? How much are you using your observations to spin those into little touch points, little interactions, little remarkable moments that let your clients know that they matter as a person, that they matter as an individual? There is a huge opportunity for every business on the planet, but especially businesses in the service industry, to connect with our customers in a meaningful way. Which brings us to our third and final example. How do we personalize our interactions even more? You know what's interesting about all humans? We have at least one thing in common. We all have a birthday. And what's great about birthdays is when we're little kids, those birthdays are amazing. We bring lots of friends together. There's presents, there's cake, there's surprises, there's games. It's exciting. But as we get older, our birthdays often aren't nearly as celebrated. There aren't as many people. There aren't as many presents. 
the cake moves from being a sugar-filled delight to something that is keto, paleo, gluten-free, dairy-free, you know, works for everybody who's attending. The game changes, but it's still our birthday. And the reality is most of us don't have birthday parties anymore, so we look to social media to get our birthday celebrations. On my last birthday, a number of people did post on my wall for my birthday. And while I certainly appreciated that, I want to share a couple that I think illustrated how birthdays are typically celebrated in our society today. Alex wrote HBD. For those of you that may not be familiar with that acronym, that is taking the two-word phrase happy birthday and shortening it to three letters because nothing shows you care more than turning a common phrase on someone's special day that happens once per year into a three-word acronym. John went so far as to actually write happy birthday and include the exclamation point. Oh my goodness, so exciting. Susan took it one step further and said, happy birthday, Joey, but still my heart, that's personalization at its best. Now, that's pathetic. And I don't say that's pathetic of Susan. I say it's pathetic that as a society, we have come to feel that personalization is achieved by mere acknowledgement because that's what all these messages are. They're mere acknowledgement. They're not anything memorable. They're not anything remarkable. They're not anything special. But you all are different. You can create interactions that are remarkable, that are memorable, that are special. And one way you could do that is by acknowledging your clients' birthdays. There's a company I like called Punk Post. They make an app. And the way their app works is you sync it with your contact list in your phone. And then you proceed to send cards to people. Now, the way you send the card is you type up the message and you submit it. And then a professional artist illustrates your message. It's your words with their pictures. They hand write out a card. They illustrate it. It's a piece of art. It's an artifact that the recipient will keep for years. And they send it out to them. It costs somewhere between 4 and $7 to do this. But let's be honest, if it's their birthday and it's once a year, my gut instinct is you can afford that investment quite easily. In fact, some of you may decide to do it more often than their birthday. But what I love about this is it's a personalization that is so special, that is so unique, that they can't help but remember this interaction. Let me ask this question. How many of you in your homes today have a birthday card that you received for your last birthday? It's a significant percentage of you. Why did you keep the card? You know who wrote the card. You know what it said. You know what day your birthday is. You kept the card because it's proof that you matter. You kept the card because it's a memento of the relationship. What is the memento that you can give your customers to let them know they matter? There have been 140 slides in my presentation thus far. In our final minute together, I'm going to go over everything I've talked about as quickly as possible to give us a recap of what we can do moving forward to create remarkable experiences for our customers. See, everything comes down to the first 100 days. How you set the tone in the first 100 days sets the tone for the relationship to go. Brain science shows us when we make a purchase, our brain floods with dopamine. We feel joy, euphoria, and excitement. This is the product that's going to be the answer to our prayers. This is the service that's going to be the end-all, be-all. But almost as quickly as that dopamine floods our brain, it starts to recede. And as it does, the clock ticks faster and faster. Those feelings of joy, euphoria, and excitement are replaced by feelings of fear and doubt and uncertainty. The buyer's remorse that we know that every customer feels, yet most businesses do nothing to address. Somewhere between 20 and 70% of your customers are going to leave in the first 100 days, but the typical lash professional, the typical artist has no idea what their percentage is, and they're not even paying attention to it until now. And the reason that is because the typical business focuses on the left side of the graph in the customer journey. How do we fill the funnel? How do we get more customers? How do we market? How do we sell? Instead of the right side of the graph, what do we do after someone becomes a customer to show them that their decision was the right decision and we're interested in a long-term relationship with them? I believe there are six tools you can use to communicate with your customers across the first 100 days and the eight phases that naturally will come through that customer journey. As a reminder, those phases are the assess phase, when a prospect is considering whether or not they want to do business with you. The admit phase, when they sign on the dotted line, they hand over their hard-earned cash and they officially become a customer. But then they go to the affirm phase where they begin to doubt the decision that they just made. And that's why we need to activate the relationship to kick things off in a remarkable way that lets them know that doing business with us is going to be unlike any experience they've ever had. 
but then not forget to hold their hand while they acclimate to our approach, a long-term relationship with us so that we can hopefully help them accomplish their goal. They'll become an adopter of our brand and an advocate singing our praises far and wide. See, there are eight phases to the customer journey. And what are you doing to march your customers through all eight phases to get them from one phase to the next so you can develop a long-term relationship with them? I gave you examples of eight companies that are absolutely world-class in these phases of the customer journey. And as a reminder, it's not about doing exactly what they're doing, but using those ideas to spark your creativity of what you could do to create remarkable experiences for them. I want you to remember that it's important to understand your customers. I want you to focus on how you can observe what they're doing to create magic moments for them and then personalize your connection in a way that creates mementos for them that they'll keep forever. It all happens in the first 100 days, and day one begins now. What are you going to do to kind of create the kind of remarkable interactions that will keep your customers coming back for more? Thank you so much for your time. I greatly appreciate it. I wish we could have been there in person to do this. Maybe we'll see each other in person next year. But the moral of the story is, as you think through the end of 2020 and beyond, I want you to remember that getting the foundation right in the first 100 days is the secret to a long-term customer relationship. I wish you all the best as you continue to create the kind of remarkable experiences that will keep your customers and clients coming back for more. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks so much for your attendance. Thanks so much to the folks at Lash Conference for bringing me in to present to you. And I wish you all the very best in the first 100 days and beyond. Take care, everyone. All right, guys, that's a wrap. We are done. Let's strike the set. Back up the truck. Let's pack everything up and let's get out of here. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just making things up as I go. Anyhow, I want to ask you to please follow us on Instagram at Lashcast Podcast and at the Lash Conference. And remember to subscribe, share, and review. And what else should you do right now? One more thing. What is it? Think. I don't know. Um, well, that's right. You should buy your ticket to LashCon. I promise you guys, this is the best investment you will make in your business this year. It'll be more than well worth it. Our swag bag is like worth at least $600 and may be going up higher. So it almost pays for your ticket just in product. Then the information, which will help you make more money as a business, is also going to pay for itself. And there's the fun, the connections, the networking, everything, guys. It's well worth it. Well over 400 people are coming, aiming for 500. You want to be part of that 500. You don't want to be that person who misses out and you see everything on Instagram. And you're like, man, I really should have done this. I promise you it is worth it. On behalf of my last boss, Tusney, as well as our special guest, Joey, I want to thank you for taking some time to listen. Keep on lashing, and remember, you have a friend in the lash industry. Bye.